0: Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. We know tech. We are your hosts. I'm Scott, the teacher. And I'm Matthew, the tech coach. Hi, welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. This is Matthew Ketchum. We're really excited to partner up in this episode with the Ed Podcast, where Shane Lawrence interviewed Scott Noons, an episode on that podcast called Conversations, uh, Episode 163, Scott Noon's Making It Count. And we are sharing that same episode within TNT Ed Tech Podcast here. You can find The Ed Podcast. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at The Ed Podcast. Also on the website, TheEdPodcast.com. So let's get to making account with Scott Nunes and Shane Lawrence from the Ed Podcast.
1: I transitioned from the ELA secondary classroom uh, this last year at the start of COVID. I started doing both jobs, and I'd already accepted a position as a tech coach, but that actually really allowed me to get my feet wet, get a little bit of training uh, from my buddy, Matthew Ketchum, that I do the TNT EdTech podcast with. Mm -hmm. And um, I love it. Although I'm missing the classroom, I had no idea I'd miss the classroom this much. Like Mm -hmm. I love this position. And in many ways, I love this more than teaching, but I miss working with the students. The students bring like this this like life force you know kind of like the force (laughs) in star wars right you attach to it and you feed off of it uh it it keeps you young at heart at least even though you know it's giving me some gray hair here (laughs) um (laughs) uh, it it, it's been so good and i guess other than being a tech coach um I love to build sandcastles when the weather's better and we can actually go to the beach in California. Uh Uh, That's how I relax. I like to go on road trips to different beaches and build giant sandcastles. And uh, I love to podcast. I am up to three. One that is a district only podcast uh, called Ask a Tech Coach and then uh, Education Today, which is my newest one. Mm -hmm. Uh, where i focus on a singular theme for a moment before moving on think of it as like uh that popular podcast series serial Mm -hmm. uh different subject matter but as far as like the batch posting so i post a bunch of episodes in one go rather than one like every week or every other week so i just drop a bunch at once take Mm -hmm. some time away from it come back drop a bunch and that's how i do that one
2: right wow so you do three shows
1: Three, yeah. Wow. Thankfully, the work one's tied directly in. Um, I think of it as like 20% time, although it's probably right. like 2% time. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, so I spend about 2% of my work time ideating and coming up with content for that podcast. It's 10 minutes long. And as my tagline says, just long enough for your ride home. So as teachers are commuting home, yeah. they can listen to this and you know reflect a little bit.
2: That's really cool. So, I, I mean, I think you need to start a fourth though, right? You know, you just had a fourth kid, so you got to keep up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Fourth kid, fourth podcast. Exactly. Uh, here we come 2020. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, 2021. I... <laughs> oh. see, 2020. Yeah. Me 2020
2: actually, by the time this airs, I think 2020 is done. So yeah. Thank goodness. Good riddance <laughs> to that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, many blessings in 2020, having mm-hmm. a new kid, new mm-hmm. job. Uh, New podcast, education, actually two new podcasts, um, many great opportunities, but wow, it feels like five years.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, in in a way, I can't believe it's already over, but at the same time, it's just like you look at the mileage on this year, it's just nuts. Yeah,
1: so much mileage. Every day I've been pretty much working sun up to sun down, Mm. Uh, not much of an exaggeration there uh, at all. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. It's, it's, it's exhausting, but Hey, here we are still find time for this stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. This is what refuels me, rejuvenates me connecting with educators. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I connect more often with educators on Twitter than I do in real life. Yeah. How about, you know, with you, what's your experience been?
2: Oh, uh, you mean in terms of COVID or, or,
1: or or just, uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything. (laughs)
2: I have been oh gosh I haven't felt this emotional about a, a passage of time since I was probably like 15. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 up and down. There's days I'm just like this is awesome, this is great, and then the other days I'm like this sucks, I hate everything. You know, I I I am all <laughs> over the place. Uh I mean, we did did a a lockdown in, I'm in in Canada and we did a lockdown from March until the end of the school year and uh, I was left with just about nothing to do, just because of the way they they ran everything, and mm-hmm. um, they shut down all the junior high options. And I teach largely, almost completely, junior high options. So I was given some other things to do, but it was kind of like, oh, you're you're a fighter pilot here. You can uh, wash the bathrooms in the air hanger. It's just like, ugh. So um, yeah, it, it was it was just wasn't part of my skill set. So it, it was not great. But uh, now we're doing it again. Another lockdown after uh, month, two months of school. Some of that, two and a half. Nice. So, and this one's, this one. Thankfully, I get to keep my classes, but it's weird because I'm still in my room. I'm still in my school classroom, but my kids are all, you know, on Zoom, which is just, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's really like it's like throwing a birthday party and nobody shows up every day. <laughs> you know it's like here i am in this big empty room i mean, I can see you there you're here good for you but yeah it's weird but uh you know it's it's it is what it is and i'll, I'll be happy when it's done i i miss people like you're saying you know i miss yeah i just don't wanna you know i want to give a kid a high five right
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> somebody gave me a fist bump in the store and i i I didn't know what to do. You're like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, whoa, you're fist bumping. And then what I did was I did a quick fist bump and then I kind of turned so as not to be rude. And I doused my hands in hand sanitizer. (laughs) Um, So that was was a little awkward. Yeah, It it was a meaningful fist bump. I like did not want... um, yeah to take away from this person's enthusiasm i yeah. i had bought like the last two items <laughs> <laughs> and i felt bad for this guy <laughs> cuz that's what he went down there for <laughs> and we're in line waiting to to pay and i went ahead and i said hey Mer- merry christmas here here you go i'm going to let you you know have yeah. this and yeah uh it was good so he was elated and you know i, nice. I, I got the warm fuzzies for doing the right thing and
2: good deed and for the sharing
1: day. Uh, and of course i'll i'll be okay right you know yeah. uh, i i don't think we we need to panic there's stuff is slimming down on the shelves and it's harder to find things of course but stuff is out there especially if you're willing to pay and mm-hmm. i'm okay with that
2: yeah yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, uh I think the, the hardest thing nowadays to get is, is, uh, the, like the Lysol wipes. My goodness, I can't find those anywhere. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have Costco up there in Canada? Or oh, yeah. No? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got some at Costco. Ah. Um, yeah. So you got got to check out, got
2: to Costco. check out Costco. Yeah. You, I almost you got to
1: see when they get their deliveries. That's, yeah. The, yeah. Kind like like of optimize. Pro tip there. <laughs>
2: Well, speaking of pro tips, I mean, you were you like uh, you started in the ELA classroom, and now you're an ed tech coach. I mean, I'm always curious about the path that that you walk in your career. So, I mean, how do you go from you know teaching poetry and and whatnot to <laughs> you know getting into ed tech so deeply? Because those those two don't commonly go together. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. I I'll try to sum it up as quickly as possible, but really, I think my love of ed tech came first. So in high school, I started a graphic design business. It it wasn't successful. I failed a lot, (laughs) failed a lot. I really didn't make much, much money. I think I lost more money Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, than, than I made. And I, I learned a lot basically from all those failures. And I I went on through college and even after college, I did web and graphic design Mm -hmm. and the economy tanked Uh, about 2000. Let's see, 2009. um, I lost my big job, freelanced for a number of years and then went back to the drawing board and came down with, two choices. Um, like what am, what am I going to do that's going to fulfill me professionally and give me uh, a salary or uh, a living wage that I'm okay with. And so it came down to nursing or teaching and uh, took classes for both. Once I started taking the teaching courses, dropped all the nursing courses and said, Hey, this is my thing. Yeah. I'm going into it and found things like uh, tech conferences and ISTE where, uh, I already had a strength and I really just leveraged that existing knowledge, nice. um, to my benefit. So I knew probably a couple years in, uh, that I wanted to be an ed tech, you know, coordinator or coach or, uh, something like that.
2: Right. Right. And so then you just kind of naturally became an ELA teacher
1: yeah that <laughs> one that was uh, strange I started out as a business major and okay. then I took English 101 there was a great professor uh, he since passed away which is really sad died of colon cancer I heard yeah. um, uh, Professor Tom West and he was so cool guy would come in with all this heavy metal t-shirts and dress down I'm like ooh who is this guy? And he was so relational and down to earth and talk about poetry and talk about all this literature. And he convinced me, uh, didn't work to my benefit, but he convinced me, Hey, uh, right now you just need any kind of degree. So you might as well get one that fulfills you Mm -hmm. personally. And I'm like, Oh, I like English. I could do, I could be a manager with an English degree. Like a bunch of CEOs are, uh, you know, uh, BA yeah. uh, majors for their undergrad. And then they, they go and do business. And I thought, Oh, that's what I'll do. Um, and then life just took me a different direction. The side hustle with the graphic design. That's what I ended up getting my job in and did that right. until the economy tanked. So huh. then, you know, ELA came back. I'm like, what am I going to teach? I don't have a computer science degree. I have an English degree. So let me teach that. There it is. Uh, but, if I didn't get this job as an ed tech coach, what I was going to start doing was doing uh, computer science embedded ELA classes. I think that's where my passion is. Right. Uh, embedding technology uh, into the core subjects, going cross curricular. Think like PBL, but working with the curriculum.
2: Right. Okay. Let Let me let me provoke you for a moment, if I may. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between embedding? something into the curriculum and shoehorning it into the curriculum. (laughs)
1: Oh, I would, I would say embedding is nice and neat. It's like you have a tapestry and everything's woven in and each of the colors and threads are a little piece of that Mm -hmm. where shoehorning, you're just cramming something in and it can be quite painful and it doesn't necessarily take, I can think of like putting on my kid's shoes I can try and slam that foot into that pair of vans, but if it's a size too small, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have a cranky kid or he's going to get hurt or dad's going to get really frustrated. So might as well just, go buy him a new pair of shoes and you know, get something Make sure that, it fits. that fits a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just asked because I know that I, I mean, I I like to exercise my own demons on these shows and I know that I have <laughs> been guilty of, of the shoe hoarding thing where I just, I find something new. I'm like, ah, oh, this is a cool thing. Kids let's, let's just cram it in there, you know? And, and, uh it, it sometimes works, but oftentimes yeah. it just feels and awkward. Right. Like, like an ill fitting shoe.
1: Right. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, trying new things and let me ask you this did you Mm -hmm. know they were shoehorns when you tried them out or did you think they would be more like uh you know embedding
2: uh you know what i i would say uh i i wasn't even thinking along those lines i i tend to fall victim often to enthusiasm and so i get excited about something and i say to myself like i i'm just i'm gonna wait i'm I'm gonna let's percolate I'm, i'm gonna like you know make sure i've got this all planned out and then the next day Idiot me opens my mouth. Hey, kids, I'm learning about this really cool thing, and it's this. And they're like, that sounds neat. I'm like, oh, you think it sounds neat, do you? Let's do it. And then we just jump in. Now, uh, I mean, I, I teach, um, you know, I, I don't teach ELA anymore. I used to. So th- that's where the shoehorning came in. I teach, um, <laughs> you know, if we're talking like EdTech in, in its purest application, um, I teach computers seven and a little bit of computers eight right now. And so that, I mean, you know, I just took one of my units that I was planning on and just threw it out because I found this other thing that I really liked. And was like, we're going to do this instead, um, you know, still meeting the same curricular goals. And I don't know if that's shoehorning so much or, or embedding either. It's just like straight up like we're just removing this thing and we're putting this other thing in its place. So I would consider that more replacement. Um, yeah. But I mean, my approach to EdTech and I'm going to flip this around. On you. We're just I like this we're like, you know, back and forth, like a, little, yeah. like a little ping pong match. Um my approach to ed tech is always that I want to find the most relevant tools. Um, one of my pet peeves is is you know ed tech tools that are just these bespoke little gigaws that do a thing that might train you for something more official or larger. Like so, over the years, I've just gradually shifted towards like. Uh, uh, you know, I'll grab something professional grade, like you know, Adobe. The whole suite is is one thing, right? I'm like, why would I train them on like iMovie when I can throw Premiere at them? Yeah. So, you know, and I started, you know, I started grade nine. Like, can they do it? Yeah, they can do it pretty easily. So okay, I'll try grade eight. Oh, they can do it. So what about grade seven? Yeah, they they're okay. So you know, I I'm just like, I I I don't like. Yeah. I don't know. The ed tech thing kind of bugs me a little bit like that because it's like, I, I just want to give them, I want to give them the best tools I can. Even if, you know, the odd time they're over their head, like after effects, I'm just like, okay, kids, um, here's a tutorial go if you want to, if you want to do it. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my, my take on it is I want to put the most professional tools into the hands of my kids that I possibly can but I don't know. What are, what do you, what's your feeling on it? Cause I mean, you're, you're an ed tech coach. So you're probably dealing. No, with
1: that you're, vast. you're absolutely right. And here's the evidence to support what you're talking about and why I also did and continue to emphasize putting professional tools into the hands of our students. So sometimes it feels like a far reach. I like how you started with an upper grade and you kind of went down that that's actually what I would do if I'm bringing in something new let me try it with my sophomores before I bring it to my freshmen Mm -hmm. and see how they do. Or if it's a, you know, an easier tool, I might go reverse order and see like, Hey, does this scale up in terms of maturity? Yeah. Um, But here's why my professional and personal experience. So yes, as a graphic designer, you open up so many opportunities by giving them those skills. I'm very much self-taught. Uh, on that end because I went to school for English so where these graphic design skills come from they came from the internet before YouTube I was going on web pages and going to w3.com and getting pieces of code and breaking it down basically backwards design like looking Mm -hmm. at something deconstructing it and then rebuilding it with my own little twist and making it my own Uh, and that's very much what I try to do in the classroom and in my current position. And then I also did two internships uh, over two different summers. One was for um, Job Corps of America. They now have a, a different title. I don't remember what it is, but it's a government program. That helps people find jobs. And so I did all these tests um, that they have like work keys, uh, aptitude tests, ability testing, Uh, got to see the whole spread of people that they helped Uh, people who have to find a job. to to court, like they have to pay for child support, there are supports for them, people who've been out of work for, you know, months, a year, years, people who need help going back to school, there are all these programs. And so one thing I learned from that was, it's not so much about the education, uh, per se, like your standard education, like your high school diploma, your college degree, companies spend so many thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, depending on the size every year training new employees because they lack the experience of those tools. So if you come in knowing how to use something like the Adobe creative suite or using a video editor mm-hmm. or using Microsoft office or Google, the Google suite, and you're proficient at those, uh you're definitely going to beat out the competition, uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to those, you know, soft or hard skills, depending on, uh, the complexity of it. And then I also did an internship for an advertising and marketing company called final cut mm-hmm. out of here in Modesto. So this is and not like final
2: cut, like the editor.
1: No, but okay. I, I think it's a play on that. Okay. Um, and they have some really big clients here locally. Um, a really big national gym chain. Um, And uh, they also did some stuff for NFL films. And while I was there, I got to do some social media work uh, for this uh, big national gym chain, Mm -hmm. if you will. And that was really neat. And I learned that these kiddos need these skills. Yeah. They use social media, but they don't know how to use it for marketing and branding and advertising for selling themselves. And essentially when you're getting a job,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: one thing I encountered uh, that I failed at also during the time of the recession was I was not getting jobs and other people I knew were one was because I didn't have a vast professional network to tie into and tap into. But then next I didn't know how to market and sell myself. So over the years through all those failings, I really, um, increased in proficiency in terms of my elevator speeches so i have a series of elevator yeah. speeches or types of speeches <clears throat> when i'm going to a job or applying for something i have this basic model and i learned that through life and you know uh, got reassured of that concept from that employer, because he said, "Hey, it's really expensive for me to hire a new person because I have to teach them literally everything. Even if they come to me from a really good school with a graphic design degree, yeah. they don't know how to deal with clients or all these things."
2: Yeah, that's fun. That makes me think of, um, yeah, the, the cost of, of educating a new employee. I remember when I I, I worked for a summer once at a uh, a cafe that was sort of you know upper upper range. And I mean, I remember sitting at the counter and then like, okay, let's make an espresso. And we had to like do the, the the art on it and everything, like the leaves and everything. And I'd kind of so try cool. it and fail like, okay, good, dump. You know, Kate more dump. All right, dump. I mean, I'd be like going to like, you know, four liter jugs of milk like they were free, trying to get this thing right, you know. Uh it's yeah, it's expensive. So yeah, if you can put your kids out there with um at least that basic set of skills, um I mean, one of the things that, that I'm finding as as a tech teacher in in that respect is just training my kids to not be scared because I got so many kids who are scared of like my, my teacher, my catchphrase or whatever it is. My one line that I always say is like, there's no button in this program that will make your computer explode. So just, just go ahead and (laughs) press them. Try it. yeah You know, and you know, every program is the same control Z, command Z, doesn't matter whatever your platform, it's your friend undo, 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 undo. It's there for you. Yes. You know, so you're
1: you're so right, uh, especially that you know uh the Control Z, Control V, Control C. Those those, those three are operations. <laughs> the Holy Trinity of like shortcuts. Everything. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's so true. Every every program is like that. So, uh yeah. So, so I mean, okay. As as a coach, then you're not really. Are you with kids anymore? Or are you mostly just training so teachers
1: now? I will be. But right now, because of the pandemic, I'm not. So mm-hmm. I'm wearing so many hats. I think my biggest hat right now, my biggest job is partially being in charge of our virtual academy. So mm-hmm. that includes extended summer school, uh, virtual academy, um, our continuing education students. So I'm their tech guy, but also dipping into the curriculum. So I've been developing curriculum, which is cool. But you know, those annoying training videos that are mandated by your district or for any organization, like to get recertified and you can't just skip through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the guy now that designs those. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so super cool using Adobe Captivate. So if anybody wants to know, it's not in the creative suite. It's an additional fee. And it's tough. There's only one guy. So shout out to Paul Wilson. I don't know what industry he's in. He's the only guy who does videos that are consistently good for Adobe Captivate. So I'll, I'll save you hours of headache on YouTube and the internet. Uh Just go to Paul Wilson's channel and you'll be in good hands. That's where I'm learning everything. And it's, it's so cool. And then I'm thinking over break, I'm going to use it as a side hustle and develop some curriculum because it can run on any learning management system. So if I want to make some free courses, like help out all those teachers in Texas that, you know, just adopted Schoology. Well, I'm a Schoology pro. Why, why don't I share this out in a friendly format? You can take my course and Mm -hmm. if you like it, donate buy me a latte nice
2: i can make you a real good latte
1: yeah oh yeah hey i gotta make my way up there once this pandemic's over and uh and and maybe once winter's
2: over too you don't don't think you want to be here right now
1: (laughs) yeah being from california where it's normally pretty sunny and a little bit warmer yeah yeah, i think i'll wait
2: (laughs) uh yeah that's awesome. I've never even heard of Captivate. That's weird. I mean, they've always got these little tools that kind of yeah. sometimes pop up and sometimes that's disappear. A, that's and... a
1: pro tip. That's like telling people about Adobe Creative Suite before it was the end uh, thing. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna... an up and coming one. It's been around for a long time, but yeah. Um, I, I think I got some of the listeners ideating right now. They're like, ah, if this guy could do it, I could do it. And they're absolutely right.
2: Cool. Cool. I mean, I I would go and check it out right now, but that would be the end of the podcast. It would just be sounds of me clicking. (laughs) And probably you'd hear Paul Wilson coming through my microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So what, what, what then? Okay. So you're, gosh, you're wearing a lot of hats. One thing I'm interested in though is like, okay, I had a conversation with a recent guest who is, um, I'm not going to say that she's critical of ed tech, but she thinks critically about it, and and definitely has some issues with it that, frankly, I agree with. So, I mean, but one of the things that that most struck me is what what her take on ed tech is. So, before I talk much about that, I want to hear what your take is. What to you actually is ed tech? Because we're talking professional grade tools, which I don't think for the most part are really matching the the regular description of that. But I mean, for you, what what's what is ed tech?
1: I think edtech, generally speaking, because you're right. I'm talking about like the complete upper echelon of of tools, right? Yeah. Um, you know, complete end of the spectrum where maybe five to ten percent of people will even consider venturing there. So going back down to more simplistic tools like your LMS, something like Google Classroom, Schoology, uh, uh, Microsoft Office, and their suite and the google apps for education suite so talking Mm -hmm. about those products edtech is the systematic integration of technology in order to enhance pedagogy and instruction so the quick litmus test is if the tech does not help or improve um Basically consider not using it. And if it harms or does, you know, is worse than traditional models, then don't do it. That's kind of hard right now, right? Because we are so reliant on on the tech. But uh, I think blended learning is a great marrying of the two. That's mm-hmm. something I would do. That and project-based learning are my two favorite kind of delivery systems for ed tech.
2: Okay. I like that. I like that. That's just, that helped me kind of solidify some of my own thing. And Like, man, do, do you have this on a business card or something? Cause I mean, that was, that <laughs> I was, I should. I'm going to write that now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, oh, well, you know, we'll send you the recording and you can listen to it again. You can write it down. Get it on a t shirt. <laughs> that's nice. The, the recent guest I had, her name's Audrey Waters and she's, she's amazing. Um, and you should have her on your show, by the way.
1: Cause I'm writing you would name have a, down.
2: <laughs> she's brilliant. Um, yeah. I'm sure you'd have a great conversation, but, um, yeah, she's her favorite piece of ed tech is a window. And so while you were saying your definition of ed tech, I was running the whole window thing through my head. I'm like, okay, yeah, that fits, yeah. right? It's uh, because I mean, if you've ever been in a classroom that has no windows, I mean, that's a detriment to the your learning environment and the learning process as a whole. Yeah. Um, so you know, and in my building, oh, there's a lot of classes with no windows. Or we have oh. these little tiny like pillbox windows that just, it's, it's yeah, it's garbage. It's awful. So oh. interesting. Interesting.
1: I miss my classroom for the windows. I had two mm. giant windows. And every morning before the kids arrived, I'd spend maybe five minutes mm-hmm. just watching them. Like yeah. just, they're going around. And I appreciated that. And looking at the clouds, I had a great view of the Sierra Nevada mountains, uh, facing Yosemite. Uh, and I would just stare at that and, uh, there'd be different cloud formations. So I'd kind of look at the leaves, look at the kids, see what they're doing. You know, why are they yelling? Is there a fight? Uh, no, they're super <laughs> excited. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a Monday or something and yeah. <laughs> they have to share about their weekend. Uh, I miss that. I do have a couple windows in my home office, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I look out there enough. (laughs) I should do that more. (laughs) I've been going on walks. Um, I attended a conference. I can't remember the exact acronym. I'm probably going to butcher it. Mm -hmm. It's like R. I want to say, I don't know, symposiums in there, too. So it's a super long acronym. But yeah, basically, I went to a session uh, where a psychologist was talking about uh, ways to improve your, your working memory. And one of the ways and the quickest and easiest way is to go for a 20 minute walk in nature. So you can't be in a heavily populated area. Mm -hmm. You have to be where there's trees and nature, different colors. That's the, the key thing you're looking for colors in nature. Um, And you do that. And instantly after 20 minutes, you get a boost to your working memory, which will help you remember ideate, and, process things as you're working so on my lunch break uh at the school I used to do that and now I'm doing that again and being very purposeful and sometimes I'll do it you know beginning middle and end of my day to get all those benefits and uh it's definitely keeping me going so I recommend that and I'm not trying to say like you know I'm super athletic or you know have uh, anything like that. Um, But if you can do it, I recommend it just not even so much for the physical benefits, but for the mental benefits.
2: Absolutely. Well, I mean, I keep asking on Twitter about, you know, what's lacking, what needs improvement, what, you know, what need help with. And that's the big key right now, right? Is nobody's saying, I wish I had more ed tech tools. (laughs) They're all, you know, the big, the big missing piece is is, uh, it's SEL right now, right? It's it's the social emotional aspects. Right. That's yeah. I wondered. I mean, you, you're the ed tech. Guy. OK, I got you. I got you on the line here. Um, do you have do you have any sort of like ed tech tips for that arena for S.E.L.
1: I'm glad you bring that up. So oh. <laughs> I've been on S.E.L., you know, I'm I'm still a newcomer, but I feel in terms of like this educational landscape right now. You know, I I've had a stake in the game for a little bit. I really got into it probably last spring of 2019, um, and then really after ISTI, I met with a group of edu- educators at ISTI, and they were all about SEL. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the four o'clock faculty, and so I've learned a ton, and they have a lot of research-based uh, items, which sadly, I I can't recall all the authors that they generously and kindly recommended to me. Uh, But I picked their brains a lot and really started embedding that in my classroom uh, last year. So 2019 to 2020 Mm -hmm. for that school year. And uh, it was so good. And right now, it's very interesting that you bring it up. That's a hot topic for districts, especially, you know, little bit of a touchy subject but as suicides and anxiety and depression and all these negative things go up uh recently we just lost a student i think last week so sad i didn't know the student but my heart goes out to him and and the family and uh the yeah. students that knew the student and we want to prevent that so uh, we of course encouraged all the teachers to do that. And I developed some really basic models, uh, that we were given, but now we're doing a whole research side of it. And I'm not the one tasked with that, but I'm a support person Mm. for that. So, you know, I don't have a lot right now because I'm, it's with SEL. It is really hard to get, um, a lot of data behind the benefits. But if you want really great, practical, tried and true ideas, I say head on over to Twitter and follow some people that have been recognized as SEL experts. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can attend an online conference like ISTE, they have a lot of sessions that are really good about that. One thing that I want to explore, and I got this idea from ISTE, is I want to use machine learning and AI to develop a basic sel system to check in with students Mm -hmm. and to kind of report on their well-being of course you know face-to-face person-to-person contact is the number one go-to don't don't give that up and don't get me wrong this is not a replacement but in addition to you'd be surprised the research i've seen so far is showing that in some cases students are more apt to respond to, um, AI than they would be to a teacher because they know all about our mandated reporting and things like that. But there's less of a stigma with talking to, you know, a robot, you know, a machine. And yeah, I mean, I know um, that there's
2: stuff that, that exists that's like that right now already. Yeah. Uh, Although I can't remember exactly what it is, but Yeah. Yeah. So
1: doing these wellness checks digitally, I think that's a good first step Mm -hmm. sharing out little tips to boost mood, you know, getting out if you can, it's hard with a, a quote unquote dark winter on the rise. I I think president elect uh, Joe Biden talked about that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be rough. Our governor here in California, they're saying some pretty strong things and I don't know if we'll have those opportunities. I sure hope we do because Mm. I need it personally and I know other people need it. Um, but I also know with equity and access, right. Uh, Mm. not all students can have that. What if you live on the West side? Um, you you're a target, (laughs) you know, quite, quite frankly, uh, you may not want to go outside and there's, you know, not the same type of nature as there is, uh, you know, over by the college, and yeah, um, you know where it has all these nice old trees. You you see a lot of trash and debris, and um, homelessness yeah, I mean, you, is rampant. It's hard to see that. It, it's more yeah. depressing than uplifting. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: attempts at, at sort of providing service when you don't understand the situation of of you know your students can can be yeah a little more detrimental than anything else because you can just be like go outside and get a walk in nature. And yeah, there's kids who can't do that or for various reasons, like you said. So it can can be as alienating as anything else. Man, that's that's rough. I
1: think we need, and and this is so hard. So this is me looking through rose-colored glasses, right, you know, perfect world, perfect system. One district that's uh, in the Silicon Valley, I heard about them doing this. And I think this is a good, system because it provides a lot of choice uh, and there's inherent problems with it so Mm -hmm. you know nothing's perfect but uh, they have a system where students can go back five days a week face to face Mm -hmm. they can go back a couple days a week face to face they can do uh, which would be like a hybrid they can do independent study or they can do like a flex schedule in there like they kind of make up they make their days and they come when they want and they stay home when they, they, you know, want to stay home. Yeah. And I, what I really like about that is it provides so much flexibility for the family. So families are very busy. Um, It works if they are still engaging in sports, which uh, pretty much throughout California, all that stuff's done with, But in other states, like Nevada nearby, uh, they're still doing some things. Last I heard it Mm -hmm. could have changed because things pivot on a dime and news changes very rapidly. They may not be doing that. But for some kiddos, I really think the benefits of the face-to-face contact, you know, of course, doing it safely, masks, Mm -hmm. um, you know, changing up the ppe and all that hand sanitizer you know doing what you can in as far as questionnaires to make sure that you're being as safe as possible nothing's going to be perfect but here in california the last stats i checked only two kiddos have passed away from the virus uh, ages zero to 18 now that could have gone up in the last couple of weeks it's It's possible. But when I looked at those numbers, I thought, well, you know, it's really not so bad for the kids. And while I wouldn't want my own kids to do that, we're keeping our children home, um, you know, which is kind of cool. Uh, for us because uh, we get to have shared meals and whatnot so when yeah. I'm not working you know I can do that or if I'm in a meeting like today I was in a meeting uh, hey baby's crying let me hold baby I just have to listen to this meeting I can do that and mm. give my wife a little you know five, 10 minute break from our newborn uh, I like options just like I like in the class mm-hmm. I want more options for teachers and students and parents i I think that's going to be key. It's providing that least restrictive environment. I think when we you know come through and make things very insular um uh, you know we're not helping families and students as much as possible, and we're limiting the s e l they can do
2: yeah, that's interesting i mean i kind of I'm kind of a two minds it i mean i I like what you're saying about being able to provide choice. But um, I mean, for a lot of people, they even with the choice, there is no choice. I mean, like right, even even for say, you know, my wife and myself, like we're, you know, we're doing fine. You know, we both have full time jobs. But the thing is, we both have full time jobs. So, you know, I could keep my daughter at home, but I can't. Right. I don't have a choice. I have to send her to school. Um, I mean, we're we're not fretting too much about that. I mean, I I well. I'm not a fretter at all because that's <laughs> to a fault.
1: It doesn't help, right? But it doesn't
2: help anything, right? But I mean, at the same time, I mean, and there's people out there who have even less choice than I do for, for far more dire reasons. Like, I mean, oh, shucks, we both have full-time jobs. Boo-hoo, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's it, it's just, it's not a, yeah, it's not an easy thing to disentangle, I guess. Um, yeah, we've come a full circle here back. 2020 sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it really things, does, but-, but- I yeah. like your your take on it. Um, it's kind of like 2020 sucks. So, so what? Like, what am I going to do to mm-hmm. make it better, to make the most of it? Because I could sit here and wallow in my sorrows and things are not going to get better. Or I can try to do something about it. And I think that's the best thing. It's mm-hmm. hard. And I get people out there, maybe can't. For whatever reason, you know, equity issues, access issues, Mm -hmm. um, monetary issues, right. I, you know, having kind of crossed some of the lines of, of poverty growing up, I didn't realize I was poor, but Mm -hmm. I was, uh, we went without a lot. Um, and so I have a great appreciation for what I do have. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, You know, if you are lower on the socioeconomic totem pole, if you will, yeah, things things are harder for sure. But I I find those people to be some of the happiest and most joy filled people. Um, You know, I I think it just depends sometimes Mm -hmm. on on your attitude. And I think if you have an attitude of gratitude so this isn't like toxic positivity, but just being thankful for the little bit you do have and seeing the beauty in each day. Mm-hmm. I think that's far more beneficial than focusing on the negative because uh, negative actions and attitudes generally only beget more negativity. You have to have some semblance of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's what I really practice. That's what keeps me going. And has well, been, you know, the truth yeah. I found.
2: Well, I mean, and that's the part of the the difficult part of this puzzle is because I, mean, I think for for some of the some of these kids, I mean we are that positivity. Yes. And so, uh, I mean, because I I know that there's there's students of mine that you know they come to school because they just need to see people and they need some of that positivity, you know. And the moment we go online, like they're just they're ghosts. They're gone, right? Yeah. Because, uh, be, I I don't know why. I mean I, I I know a little bit um and I know it's not because necessarily just because they're binging Netflix all day it's like there's there's other issues in their lives that just prevent yes. them from having the time to be in front of a camera you know when you're at home weeks of xyz so yeah yeah uh I I just I think you know bottom line is I just want us to all get back together in the class um safely safely right. <laughs> you know and that's uh, uh that's, well, I mean, I, I think, I think hopefully next September, I think next September when we start a new school yeah, year, I don't know when know. you start. It
1: keeps drawn out, right?
2: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm fairly hopeful that by the start of next school year, we'll have this under control. So fingers crossed.
1: I think you're right. <laughs> if I had to make a prediction at this point, I think with the vaccines coming out, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fairly safe to say. Uh, with how the schools are run and, uh, the business, you know, profession is run. This is really going to get streamlined and we're going to have enough time to make that happen. I think we might be able to work out some kinks over summer, like extended summer school. I don't know if you have that option available. We do. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that's going to be a testing ground. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to kind of test things out and see, you know, how, how is this? Is this really helping our students safer, Are mm-hmm. teachers safer? And I think the bigger concern, uh, in terms of health, not, you know, disregarding our students, but like I said, you know, unless they have, um, you know, poor health, uh, they're generally going to be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to get it or have this trepidation of fear. I'm not saying, hey, send all the kiddos back. No, it, it's a, I think what has changed in my thinking is that it's a, a personal decision. But I think by next school year, we're going to have a much safer setup for everyone involved. And I'm excited about that because we are, <laughs> we've learned, I think everybody can agree uh face to face by and large is better for most not all but for most certainly
2: for most yeah absolutely the human connection right it's it's nothing nothing can replace it no ed tech no no nothing yep i oh i miss my kids yeah wow i I, didn't think we were gonna go high
1: fives fist bumps yes
2: Yes, I see there's a, there's a teacher on Twitter. I see her in my, in my feed. Um, I think she's like cardboard high five teacher. I can't remember her, her, her handle, but she literally has like her, her profile picture of her, like with a, a great big cardboard high five, like hand and her kids with other little like hands on sticks and they go poop. And like they.
1: Oh, do. I love that. That's such a great idea.
2: Yeah. There's ed tech for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that idea. I'm going right. to bring it up at one of my meetings, seriously, because uh, it, we need it. I saw it's been years, so I don't know if it's been disproven. This was something I had read in college, which was too long ago. I'm not going to say when that was. But <laughs> um, uh, essentially, the study showed that the average person needs 17 touches a day mm-hmm. in turn ter- uh, in order to be happy. Like that's one of the criteria. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, yeah. like hugs, you know, a high five, a fist bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it has to be a positive touch, right? So yeah. yeah. An inappropriate, <laughs> abusive to, to qualify, right? It can't be an unwanted or unpleasant touch. Uh, a punch right? in the face does um, not count as a yeah, touch. Yeah. Punch in the face. No, no. Uh. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah, so if you're you're sparring with your buddy, um, your boxers, yeah, uh, yeah, all all those jabs are 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 not do sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, um, I I feel like we've kind of wow, we we have covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to throw in? Or is there anything else you wanted from from my end? Or are we? How you feeling?
1: Nah, I, I'm feeling pretty good. But mm-hmm. I guess on your end. I want like either uh, a teacher story. We had talked about that you uh-huh. know, for me on your end. What about a teacher story from you or something you've learned during 2020? Hmm. You know, what's a big takeaway? Maybe a pro tip. I always a, like pro oh tips.
2: Oh, gosh. That means I'd have to be good at what I do. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm terrible at this stuff, Scott. That's why I like to ask other people. Um <laughs> Gosh, a pro tip for 2020, like for COVID. Still
1: from a guest.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like honestly, it it feels like a cop-out, but I'll say it anyways. It's it's just that that connection thing, like just yeah. making sure that you touch base. Like it the weird thing actually is is um I've been in pretty regular contact with like former students a lot this year, which is unusual. Um, just through like, you know, through Twitter or um I have, you know, you will exchange phone numbers when they graduate and every now and then they'll be like, Hey, Mr. Lawrence, how you doing? Things are going pretty good for me. And, you know, I got some kids like that 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 I check in on every now and then, which has been really interesting. Um, but you know, my current set of students, same thing. It's just like, you know, sometimes, um, just having a conversation as a class about something that has nothing to do with what we're doing in class, I think is one of the best things. Like the other day in my computers class, um, The other day in the computers class, one of my students started... um, She was working on a drawing and then the other students, you know, and she was showing it and she was like, oh, it's not very good. And one of the students was like, here, let me give you some tips. And then all of a sudden my computers class was a drawing class and the mood of the room just like, just changed. And it was great. Even like to the point where, you know, at the end of the class, one of the kids was like, oh, I don't want to leave. This is so awesome. You know, and and all they were doing was just you know sharing drawing tips and just playing a little bit together. And uh, I don't know if there's any way I could have planned for that to happen. I don't think so. It would have been felt a little disingenuous. But just um, yeah, having the environment where kids are just open to share, uh, it really helps to humanize that digital space where we're all just arranged in squares. You know. Yeah. So so uh, you know, like. I, I, I'm not precious about what I bring to a class if the students are willing to show initiative or interest in almost anything, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, so I mean, there's, there's days, um, you know, I teach film and there's so many days, you know, in in the physical room where I'll walk in and I'll have, you know, this slideshow and this presentation, and this little bit of a lecture and this video, and we're going to do this. We're going to try that. Um, and they'll just say, can we just do this thing instead? It's almost always, can we work on our films and okay, sure. That's relevant. That's important. You've got a schedule, you've got a deadline. It's a lot of work and you want to do it. Awesome. You know, um, you know, if the kids are like, can we just stare at the ceiling? Can we play video games? (laughs) No, no, you may not. (laughs) um, You can build video games. You can't make them. Anyway. Yes. uh, (laughs) I was going to say that. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, but, but I mean, I'm even like in terms of now online, like I'm even less precious about the things that I teach because it really needs to be about my kids and uh, they'll, they'll recover their, their academic lives after this is over. I just want them to be well, like number one. And if that means that instead of working on this project, we're sharing art tips on how to draw Disney princesses. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's be, let's be happy for, for, you know, 30 minutes out of your day. I'm okay with yeah. that.
1: You've hit on one of the pillars of success there, and it's just giving them that space to just be mm-hmm. and to exist in a safe environment. So even though it's not a physical environment, which, you know, it's ideal if you can create that, but if you can't create that, like, Mm. you know, it's harder to do right now during the pandemic, creating it digitally is huge. And I think another thing just to kind of tack on um, is if you can be part entertainer you talked about tapping into interests earlier i think if you can be part entertainer Mm -hmm. and tap into their interests for example i've seen um, teachers making tiktok videos um, (laughs) really interest their students like whoa, my teacher's doing this or doing a little dance right that little thing and while it's challenging to do that all the time like hey you're gonna get some more buy-in and if Mm -hmm. you're able to laugh at yourself while you're doing it too even much much more so you're gonna get that buy-in or i've seen um some teachers set up their space like a a twitch streamer Mm -hmm. which a lot of these kiddos are watching streamers now so if you set up that kind of environment yeah Ah, oh, that is some gold. Now you're going to have to most likely pay out of pocket for some, but
2: mm-hmm. if
1: you can do it, I encourage you to try it. Watch, watch the streamers and how they interact with the chat. They are masters. We can learn a lot
2: from mm-hmm. them in yeah. this space. That's true. Hey, eh?
1: yeah. Yeah. So cool. uh, if, if your kids aren't responding in chat, I think, you know, sometimes it, it is them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then just, you may not be able to do anything with some of them, but for the vast majority, it could be your delivery, you know, check it out, try some new things, watch some streamers, yeah, Uh, watch, watch the big ones and see how engaging and dynamic they are. There's so many checks for understanding Mm -hmm. embedded and what gets said in chat, um, you know, gets brought into the larger conversation. And that's really rewarding for students. And the yeah. threshold of entry is very low. Everybody mm-hmm. matters.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I've had some experiences like that. You wonder watching a film in, in my grade eight class. And I'd say like, you know, during class, be quiet. Don't talk at the screen. Don't share okay. your ideas because maybe you do that at home, but it's not okay here. And I mean, I, I could really start ranting about that right now because, oh, That gets me going, but online, it's actually nice. I'm like, no, please chat, like type things in the chat window. Let's respond. And I'm literally, we'll watch a movie and I'll have, you know, the IMDB trivia page up. And so I'll be like spouting out all these like weird facts about the film while they're watching. So I'm I'm in the chat. there sharing all these like weird little things. <laughs> you know, we watched um, Cast Away today with my high school kids. And I'm like, oh, Tom Hanks lost oh, 50 cool. pounds for this role, you know, or whatever. Like one of the Wilson balls actually sold at auction for $20,000. You know, all this. Fun. And it's it's just fun. They're like, oh, that's really cool. And it kind of keeps them engaged. And they like to share their thoughts as well. So it's, it's, yeah, I like that. I didn't know I was doing it. But yeah, I guess I'm kind of like stealing from the Twitch streamers. Love it. Yeah,
1: so cool. I I love that you bring up um the IMDB facts. Uh now on I, I generally watch stuff on Amazon Prime and I get lost in those facts. Oh, sometimes. the X-ray. And oh I'll,
2: my gosh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll just go down a rabbit hole and research everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, my latest series is Boston Legal. My wife hates it. She does not like James Spader, does yeah. not like uh, William Shatner. And typically, you know, I'm not a fan of either really, um, mm-hmm. you know, just like her. But in that series, I I love them. I don't know why I like that series, but there are so many cool little huh. facts So it takes me a while to get through an episode because I'll be watching and then, you know, I'll see some cool fact pop up on the side that I have to check out.
2: Oh, that's funny. That's funny. I mean, I do that without, without x-ray. I'm like, I'll look up. Okay. Who's the writer? What else do they do? Oh, stay with this. Who's that? And just a rabbit hole. And I'm gone. So (laughs) it's like, I tell my kids, like, I haven't seen every film it sounds like I have, but the fact is I just spend too much time on IMDb just learning about everything that, you know, who's connected to whom in what ways. But uh man, I feel like we could just talk forever here. This is great. Yeah. But uh I should probably go help tuck my kids in.
1: All good things must come to an end, right?
2: They must indeed. <laughs> they must. Did you want to like um uh just do like a little plug here at the end, like uh how people get a hold of you and Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah so you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Noons Teach or follow my podcast on Twitter, the TNT ed tech at TNT at Tech, or Education Today at Education Today, and then the number eight because there were seven <laughs> other ones apparently before I created it.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the TNT at Tech podcast. You can follow us on any podcast player of your choice. Also on Twitter at TNT EdTech. Follow us on the web at www.tntedtech.com.